Step aside, grown-ups. This episode of Forks and Fames is all about the kids. We sit down with our special kid correspondent, Olivia, as she gives us her take on the YA novel Front Desk by Kelly Yang. We discuss what happens when a 10-year-old moves from China to America and finds herself running the Cala Vista Motel. Owned by a conniving exploiter, Mr. Yao, destined to ruin the lives of Mia's parents by cheating them out of their hard-earned money. This might be a book for kids, but adults can definitely learn from it too. Join us as we discuss Front Desk. Hello! Welcome to Forks and Fangs. We're back with another new episode. I'm with my co-host, Ms. Veronica Smith. And my name is Danny Wang. And today we have a special guest. Um, She is near and dear to me because she is my niece. Her name is Olivia. Yay! Yay! And this month we decided that we wanted to bring... um, the youth to the program because we, we love the kids <laughs> we love the kids <laughs> and we have um a special book dedicated to um for olivia to read and it's called front desk by kelly yang but before we go into it i want you guys to meet olivia hey oh hi as you probably know my name is olivia i am ris- a rising sixth grader at albany middle school in Albany, California. Um, I love reading, playing soccer, and playing piano, and I definitely love cats. And <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, welcome. We're so excited to having you here. I know Denny has been like buzzing like a little bee ever since we decided that we would interview for interview you for this uh, for this podcast. So we're excited to have you on this wonderful show um so i guess let's get started yeah so um olivia can you tell us um what is front desk in you know if you're if you're gonna tell it to another sixth grader what would you take what would you tell them well mia is a 10 year old immigrant from china who works the front desk at a motel run by mr yao her parents, her parents clean out the, the motel rooms and, and were the ones hired, but she just runs the front desk. Um, when working at the motel gives her family work and income, Mr. Yao isn't the person you'd want to work for. He isn't honest. Well, at least he doesn't tell the whole truth. And he makes sure you give him what he wants by threatening your job. He is also prejudiced against black people, referring to them as bad guys. So um, we have a couple things here that we want to discuss with you. Like, for example, when um, Mia first walks into the classroom for the first time and, like, no one really looks like her. You know, she's Chinese. She just came to America um, two years uh, prior to this novel. So she, you know, she's just like, oh, nobody really looks like me. Um, What do you think that felt like, oh? It would all, it would probably be really easy just to feel kind of self-conscious, wonder what people think about you or, or think about how, how you're different and just want to fit in. And, and it would have been weird just being like the new kid or 
I mean, being different is fine, but it can still make you feel kind of weird in a room full of people who mostly look the same. Yeah, because I know, like, being a new student in a new school is already hard. So being, like, you know, a new student and being a minority, I think it's even harder. Yeah, because you stick out. Yep. and Definitely. Yeah, and everybody's eyes are at you, on you, looking what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So... I know, like, in one of the subjects, like, Mia, Mia was expected to really excel at math because she was Chinese. And um, there was a scenario there where she had a mistake in this math problem. Um, and all the, like, all her, like, group mates were upset because they were like, oh, you're Chinese. You're supposed to be good at math. What do you think about that, Oh. It's not really fair to make assumptions about people without really knowing them or thinking about it. I mean, there are certainly Chinese people who are great at math, but there there are also brilliant people from all over the world. And you can be good at China, you can be good at math without being from China, and you can be good at math being from China. I mean, anyone can be good at math regardless of where they're from. Yeah, I was not good at math. I was horrible at math. So I'm Asian. They're like, you're supposed to be good at math. Mm -mm, not I. <laughs> Let's go to um, English and reading. <laughs> uh, yes, this novel, it dealt with a lot of different stereotypes. And that definitely was one um, that was brought forth, not only by the girls that were in that particular group at that moment, but also I think probably one that her her own parent was probably chiming yeah. at um, for her to excel in, in an area that she really didn't have interest in. Mm -hmm. It's not, I feel like it's not that she's bad at it, but she's just like, I don't really care for this. Right. So, and I know I'm good at writing and I want to write and, but my mom is not supporting it. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about that, Olivia, when, you know, when, when you read that, oh, you know, her mom is not really supporting what she wants to do or, you know, what she dreams of being. Like, she wants to be a writer. Yeah. I think Mia's mom um, meant that, like, as hard as you might work, everyone else was learning English from the very start. <clears throat> um, I mean, Mia's mom thought that no matter how hard Mia tried, she just would always fall short because she never got the same chances or opportunities to learn English as well as her classmates. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I think she, I think Mia could excel at English, but her mom would also need to help support her and, and guide her and help her. But I think Mia's mom didn't feel that she could. Are there any subjects in school that you don't particularly care for? Well, well, we, we, we have your mom. <laughs> Only the world that's listening. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we have these, we have these um, social studies textbooks. And while I don't like particularly dislike this, this subject of social studies, the textbooks are written in a mind numbingly dull way that makes them kind of hard to read sometimes. Yes. I mean, even something as interesting as the Revolutionary War can be boring when reading from your fifth grade textbook. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's probably when the, the teacher should step in and make the lesson fun. Yeah. I had a teacher last year who would actually take the time to 
make our make our subject into a slideshow and show it to us. And that was actually really great because we learned just as much information without having to get out these huge textbooks that are filled Yeah, that makes a difference. Social studies. So um, you can't win if you don't play. And, you know, this quote was said by Mia's friend, um, Lupe, when uh, she divulges to her that she wants to be able to enter a contest, this essay contest, uh, to win a hotel so that her parents can run this hotel in Vermont. And at first, you know, Lupe is kind of like, she's sad about the news, but she uh, it encourages her um, by telling her like, the only way that you would know that you could get the hotel is if you actually entered the contest. So what are your, what are your thoughts about how Lupe decided to um, encourage her friend, Mia? And going for buying this hotel or or win the hotel yeah i think that um lupe knew that mia was a great writer and that she had the potential the potential to win the hotel but she also thought that if mia won she'd be sad and lonely because mia was a really good friend <clears throat> but um i think it was it was hard for her to to accept but she knew that mia really wanted to do this. So she told she told Mia that she would have to she would have to try. I mean she she would have to enter and just things would play out. And so she I think she decided that her friendship was so um since we're in the talking of the essay writing contest, why do you think Mia wanted to to write that essay for her family and what do you think that it would mean for all of them? Well, Mia thinks that if her parents own a motel, she could solve so many problems and maybe even get off the impoverished roller coaster and board the new one. Um, when she and Lupe are, are talking, Lupe says that it's kind of like being on a roller coaster, roller coaster going around and around and around, because um, when, when you have a lot of money, you can afford to get a really good education. And if you have a really good education, you can get better jobs. And if you have better jobs, you can earn more money. Mm -hmm. um mia mia really wants to help get her family off the roller coaster yeah that that really struck me too like it never really you know we all know what that means as adults but trying to explain like the roller coaster scenario to children i think that was kelly yang's gift yeah i um, think it was a perfect way for her to break that down yeah because you know <laughs> it it makes you see like eye to eye with like the world's problems. Mm -hmm. And speaking of other problems that this book discussed, um, there's this um, scenario or scene where a car went missing, the Thunderbird. <laughs> and the police officers, when they first get there, accuses the tenants that were black or the visitors that were black, that they were all immediately responsible without questioning anybody that they were the ones that stole the car. So how how did it make you feel, Olivia? Well, it, it really makes you realize how, how, how differently people can be treated based upon their appearance. And I mean, it's, it's really sad because you know that these things do happen in real life. Mm -hmm. Jump to conclusions based on appearance, gender, 
all sorts of factors that a person does not have control over. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, there are times when, when having, having a certain skin color or being a certain gender or, I mean, there are all of these factors and what, sometimes when someone sees you, they'll assume things about you just because of that. Yeah. And they're not always right. Yeah. Um, and then, so in the story, they said that, oh, at, at the end of it all, they found out that it was not um, Hank or Mrs. Robinson that <clears throat> stole the car. It was actually the same owner. And he kind of like had somebody get the car so he can get money for his car. The insurance fraud. Yeah, insurance fraud. Yes. Yeah. So you, know, <clears throat> you never get a book by its cover. You should always, you know, be just and respectful to everybody that's around you, no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when the police officer finally comes to Hank and apologizes, um, Hank said, don't be sorry, but be better. What do you think he meant by this? I mean... Hank means that Officer Phillips should learn from his blatant assumptions and not choose suspects um, and not decide that suspects are guilty just because just because of the color of their skin. Um, and Hank knows that just because Officer Phillips will, <clears throat> the policeman will um, will apologize doesn't, doesn't mean that he'll, he'll give up his racist beliefs. So he's saying that Officer Phillips should think about it more and not jump to conclusions based upon so another problematic um character in this story is mr yao Uh, mr yao is the person that owns the motel that mia's parents work for Uh, mr yao is jason's father um and he sorts of he's kind of like this mean um dishonest human being (laughs) portrayed in this novel how do you feel about him olivia well i think i think he's been very fortunate i mean he owns all of these motels he's well off financially Mm -hmm. i mean but he he takes it for granted i mean he doesn't he's not compassionate to people who are struggling like he probably was at some time he he sticks to himself he's not he doesn't seem to have any empathy and he just, he's very selfish. So, I mean, he he just doesn't try to understand, and he doesn't understand. And, well, he might understand, who knows, but he he's just, he takes it all for granted. Yeah, that's interesting that you, that you think that he takes things for granted, because other people might just be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's just mean, and he's, you know, he's greedy and selfish, but... You looked at it the other way. It's like, oh no, more. He's more than that. He's he's not only that, but he also is ungrateful of what he's being blessed with. And do you think that affects his son Jason? Well, I think. I, well, his his father is like his role model, mm-hmm. and he sees almost everything that his father does, and that's his example. So, I mean. Jason, in this book, at least, Jason is not a horrible person, but he seems to have been dealt a bad hand. 
I mean, he, his example is, isn't a very good example. So he's learning, he's learning and he's trying to be good on his own. But if someone's always criticizing you and telling you that you're not good enough, you'll start to wonder, am I not good enough? Yeah, that's true. Of all the characters in the book, who do you think you can relate the most to? Well, that is kind of hard. I mean, I didn't immigrate directly from China, so I and I definitely don't run a motel. <laughs> I, I mean, there's no one quite. There's no one in the book that I can quite identify myself with, um, because yeah, my. I, I think my father is a very good example. So, um, but I think in some ways, I, yeah, I'm just not sure. What about like the good naturedness of, of Mia, you know, always, she basically has taken on this like defender of the people, right? Because um she wants to make sure that everyone has equal say um in what is happening at the hotel and when you have people like hank um or even her parents um who are you know trying to make ends meet and working at this hotel she is very uh she's very much to the point where she's always wanting to say what's on her mind even though she's constantly being told, like, you need to be quiet. But I think that's, like, the justice side of her, of, like, you know, wait a minute, no, you're wrong. You need to know why you're wrong. You know, Hank isn't the one who stole the car. And going all of those routes in order to make sure that it gets heard. Or, uh, like, her friend Lupe, who is very encouraging, who supports her decision of wanting to enter into this essay contest, even though it means that it's the possibility that, you know, she might lose her friend. Um, do you think that maybe those characteristics are something that maybe you find reflected in yourself? Do you see yourself being encouraging to your friends? I, I try my best to be, but sometimes it's hard. I mean, I have a friend whose dad is needing a job um, and he's studying really hard, but he, but like, it's not a good time to be looking for jobs. And she was going to move away this summer because, um, but like, because it was expected that her dad was going to get a job, but he didn't, and she's still here. And it's hard for me. I'm just so glad to have my friend here, but sometimes it's hard because I know that her dad has a job, but it's sometimes hard to acknowledge that. Yeah, it can be definitely hard where you you want the best for your friend and their family, but you also don't want them to leave. So in a sense, you're kind of like a little bit of Lupe where Mm -hmm. you're like, you know, I want you all to win this hotel, but I'm sad because you're going to leave me (laughs) and have no friend anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely can understand that. Um, This novel does a really good job in talking about different issues that are, you know, definitely prevalent today for us. They talk about um, racism, racism, especially in regards to the police situation with Hank. 
Um, but one thing that stuck out the most in this novel is the immigration issue and how they dealt with it. And they had um, friends of her parents that were stopping by the hotel who, um, who were immigrants from China mm-hmm. looking for a place to stay just even for the night and them basically hiding people, not only the immigrants, but the people who, um, who just needed space yeah, and, and needed, you know, needed a safe space um, while Mr. Yao was not anywhere to be found. <laughs> uh, so what are your thoughts on, on that particular part of the book in regards to the, to them hiding people? Well, those people had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. They were desperate and they, they either needed money or jobs or, um, and, and Jimmy's family was brave. They, they took them in and helped them. They gave them food and shelter for a little while at least. And they risked their own jobs to help these people who had none. And I think that was a very brave thing for them to do. I mean, they had worked hard to get their jobs, even if, even if their boss wasn't a very good boss, but they still needed the income. Mm-hmm. I think I think they kind of, they were just very good people and they helped those who needed help. Um, I think one of the really hardest parts in that book for me when reading it in the very beginning was how Mr. Yao took advantage of her parents when they thought they were initially going to make a whole bunch of money mm-hmm. cleaning, cleaning those rooms. But instead it was and after. It was after, it was like, what, 10, after 10. 10 weeklies, then they would start making money. And then on top of that, that what it took to make the money, that it couldn't just be like one parent cleaning the room and one person maybe running the front desk or whatever, mm-hmm. that it took a lot of work for them. I think that probably was the hardest part in the novel. What do you What do you think was probably the most difficult part to read in that story? Yeah, I think that was definitely difficult. How How he completely like he completely made them sign this contract that was like kind of faulty. But um, I also felt that it was kind of hard to see Jason kind of turn on her. Mm-hmm. Say that one more time. It was it was kind of hard also to see Jason kind of turn on her. Oh yeah, and that was that was hard. But um, you are ultimately rewarded with his when he ad- reveals that his dad was lying. So. But it must have been so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me it was always it was when I found her mom, like the the part where like her mom was beaten up. And she was in the street. Oh, yeah, when they when they got robbed. Yeah, when they got robbed. Yes. And then, to me, that was the hardest part to read. And then I learned that in the acknowledgments of the book, that it really happened to her, like the author's real mom. Because this story is kind of like semi-biographical. So the fact that you fell for it and that she experienced it herself, to me, that was really a big deal. Because I was like, yeah, it makes you realize that this job is very dangerous and no 10-year-old should be sitting in that front desk doing this. Mm-hmm. But she did what she had to do and help her parents because that's what family do. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't stand just being essentially 
looking at her parents, struggling night and day just to send her to school and not do anything. So, Olivia, my dear, this book is amazing, but there was one part I like to ask you about what, you're, what you thought about. Um, Jason <laughs> is not the best person in the world at all. He's mean to Mia the entire time, except for one moment where it was just kind of like, where did this come from? Were you shocked when Jason made his confession, his love <laughs> confession for Mia? I mean, he's been, he was horrible to her. Of course. It was, it, it did, it came out of nowhere and it was really like, you, you're going, you're going to be horrible to her. You're going to lie about something. You're going to back up your father on something that you didn't even know happened. Mm -hmm. You're going to, and then you're going to go right out to her and say, oh, I, I love you. And it's like, I mean, come on. If, if you're going to love someone, at least be nice to them. Mm -hmm. would, would you have done the same thing as Mia did and be like, come on, like, what is this? Would you like just walk away and be like, you're, I think you're crazy and just be like, bye, Jason. Would you have done the same thing? I mean, we won't tell your mom. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a nice person. And I just say like, gee, thanks. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe you can be nicer. Bye. <laughs> so a soft rejection. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that they, that they allowed her to reject him because... That would have been a bad note if you were reading this book and you're like, oh, so you can like the person who doesn't like you? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I'm glad they, they, they told her, you know, they, they wrote her to be like, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> like, where is this all coming from? That was insane. Like, I, I had no clue what he was going to do when he asked her to meet him in the, where were they, in the, on the stage? Yeah, somewhere in, yeah. in school, in the gym somewhere. That part threw me through a loop. I was like, what? <laughs> Why? Why? But, Why would you do that? But good on me after standing her ground. Yeah. Saying bye, Jason. You're undeserving of me. <laughs> right? So, yeah, this novel um, has a lot of stuff in it. Um, it. I mean, just the fact that we have our main character... Mia, who's mm -hmm. only 10 years old, who is basically running this hotel along with her parents. It's amazing. Do you, do you ever see yourself like doing this? <laughs> I really don't think I, I could. I mean, my patients are, my, my parents are extremely capable, but I just don't think I have the patience to run the front desk. Uh. Some customers could be really pushy or demanding or I don't know. People people can be all sorts of things, and I probably just don't have the patience to deal with it. I definitely feel you on that one. No, I don't think I, I could ever. I can't do it. I couldn't do it at 40, let alone 10. <laughs> yeah. People can be a bit much. They're, they're very demanding when they want things, especially when they're paying for them. They want them a certain way. Okay, so what I want to know is we sent you several books to choose from. Why did front desk stand out to you? 
I, I found the plot um, really fascinating and I went to the Amazon page and looked at it and it just seemed really fascinating to me and I wanted to learn more and to read it. I think this is, definitely was a good pick. I was happy that you picked that one because that's the one that I wanted to read. <laughs> um, I, I really, I really truly liked the story. It was a quick read. Would you, would you suggest this to other people to read? Yes, I think it it has a, like a witty character and in like a light in a light way, but it also it also reaches into like deep themes like immigration, racism. It it really makes you makes you think about these things while also being kind of like a really great plot and it's kind of light and from like the perspective of a ten year old girl. So. Mm-hmm. So if you would rate this book, because um, instead of Starseer, we rated in Fangs. So it's, it can be from zero to five Fangs. How many Fangs would you give this book? I'd say 4.5 Fangs. Wow, that's pretty good. You said 4.5? 4.5 Fangs. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's a good rating. Why why uh four point five and not all the way five though? I well I really, really really enjoyed the book. I just think um that's like it's sometimes it's a little bit hard to believe the things that she's going through. Like, I mean I can understand her as an immigrant doing some of the so like a lot of the things she's doing because she needs an income. But like like some of her like emotions I don't know. Something about it just didn't quite make me think that she could be ten years old. If you know it didn't mean. quite make you think that what she was that she could be ten years old. Oh, and actually you know having I mean. going, like living through this, like running the motel at at ten. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not so much about the motel, but it's like it. Sometimes it surprises me that by like pointing and staring, she could actually get people to listen to her and. They hear the same thing. Like, I could just see adults being like horrible to her or not listening at all and saying, <laughs> Okay, your laptop is not there. Right. Oh, that could be why. Okay. We're just going to edit all of that. Yep, I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> so, how many, how many uh, fans would you? Give this novel. me actually i would i would give it a five because mm-hmm. it's it's a really good book written not only for kids but also their parents mm-hmm. so it opens up discussion about real things that are happening in the world you know racism police brutality immigration um it's an easy way she, kelly yang made it easy for parents to talk about like these things that are kids Mm -hmm. and like the example of the roller coaster that's so ingenious you know that's how you explain to children what you know placement in society means because it's not always you know easy to discuss these things with with kids especially if they would have a lot of questions you know with what's going on in the world and how they see people and maybe these are also for adults that needed some you know refreshments Mm -hmm. And some pointers for themselves as they change their perspective about the world. Yeah, I, this definitely would get five things from me as well. 
Um, it was a quick, it was definitely a quick read. Yes. Uh, I really fell in love with the main character mm -hmm. and all of her chutzpah and <laughs> her being able to uh, do the things that she did and that, you know, some of the events that happen in the book are based off of true story is amazing to me and really makes me want to learn more about the writer herself. Do you see yourself wanting to read the follow-up novel or do you think you're like done with the first one you put? Yeah, um, after after I read the first one, I, I, I wondered like if anything was going to happen after because like she had just won this motel. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I read so, the um, I read the premise for the follow up novel, and basically, you know, they have that hotel. Everyone has now a piece of the hotel um, that they were running, uh, but things start to go awry. So I guess that, because for me, that was my my yeah. concern of like, all of these people are owners. How is this gonna work? How will people make money? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. the shareholder. Yeah. yeah, I really wanted to know if something would happen next, so I just um, went to Amazon and looked at looked at it. Like, hey, wait a second, it's out. I'm just like, oh no, it's not out yet. Well, I think it, I think it drops next month. Yeah, next month. Yeah, pretty soon, pretty soon. So hopefully, it's as good as the first one because this is really this is really good. This is some something that I would have a lot of kids read. Like, oh, what do you recommend for my you know my child for summer so they could read something. If they can, if if they can stand like a, a novel like this, and they can go through like words like this, then yes, this would be something that would be off the top of the list. All right, so now to the most important part of this conversation, <laughs> we've done the book, but we want to know what is Olivia's top five. What are your What are your top five? Just give us the names of those. Yeah, my first is The Great Good Thing by Roderick Townley. It's been my favorite for a while. I really enjoy this book. Um, my second is The Adventures of Sir Lancelot the Great by Gerald, Mor Gerald Morris. Mm -hmm. And I know this is not a book, but it's like a really favorite author. Stuart Gibbs is like a mystery author, like a humorous mystery author. And my fourth favorite is um, a, a comic called like, it's like a graphic novel called The Latest Little Princess. Mm -hmm. It makes me, like, laugh really hard every time. And then there's, like, this, um, it's a series, again, not a single book. It's called The Girls to the Rescue series. It's just really nice not to have this princess sitting in a tower waiting for a prince. So your number one, why is that one so special? Why is that your number one? Well, it's just really original. And the the author has a wonderful touch. I mean, it's it's about this this um, this this book character who lives in a book, and it's from her perspective. So there are a bunch of like ideas that this author has that are really ingenious. I mean, like she lives in this book, and like it opens, and this, and every time the book opens, a, a, a bird will say, <laughs> um, I don't remember what it was like. And then it was just, I love the, the subtle touches of the book. And then, but then the book catches fire one night. And, but somehow the characters go through the reader's dream and into her mind. You know, you just kind of have to read it to understand what I'm talking about. I'm going to have to read that one. So they live in her mind since the book catches on fire? Yeah, but then, but then, 
um, the reader gets older. Oh, I'm going to have to check that one out. How many times have you read that book? I don't know. Upwards of five. How many? 700? Uh, upwards of five. Five times. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a winner. If you, I think if you read it five or more, it's definitely a favorite. So when did you start reading? Oh, what age did you start reading? I mean, initially, like, when I wouldn't, well, you mean, like, listening to books or, like, actually reading them myself? Both? Yeah. So every, every Tuesday, I think, me and my mom would go to the library, and we, she'd always pick up these picture books that, I, that she thought were cool. And then I'd, like, look around and, like, see, oh, this cover looks nice or something, and I'd just take it off the shelf. And then we'd read, the, we'd, we'd read them together every night before bed. So she, I, I just love, my, when, love it when my mom reads to me. Mm-hmm. I'd learn about this tortoise or something or this. And it was just so fun because all of these books were just kind of amazing. And, it, and I just thought the, the, whole, the whole concepts of stories at that time was just like amazing. How someone could like write something down on paper and then it would become, and then like they do, and I didn't understand the concept the concept of publishing but someone would write some I didn't understand that you could write something down get it published and then it would be printed as a book I just thought you could write something down make it into a book and put it in libraries <laughs> but I just thought it was so amazing like oh someone can write something down and put it in a library and then everyone can read it <laughs> so strange and so exciting and so books were books were always really wonderful to me like maybe even or I mean, I didn't understand what was being read to me at four, but it was just kind of cool hearing my mom say all these words that were not just her own. Yeah, that's kind of cool, like how parents influence their children. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's, it's fundamental to read to your children from day one so that they can establish that love for reading and be like our lovely Olivia here. See, look at her. She's so smart. She's so smart because she loves to read. <laughs> uh, when you are looking for a book, what is it that you're, you, was probably like the biggest criteria that you have within a book? Well, I often enjoy fantasy because of the like unpredictableness of it, in a sense. Um, it's, I often like, like female hero- heroines or like I, I like that a lot. Um, I often enjoy books with, like, magic in them. I always find that really cool. And I, I just think in books, I like them to be unpredictable. I don't like to know what's happening next. I, I think it's really, like, I just like not knowing sometimes. Like, only in a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I hate not knowing things in real life, honestly. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but in books, it's it's so much nicer not to know what's going to happen next. Yeah, when you get that plot twist, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we just want to say thank you so much for joining us in this little conversation. You know, I realized that you know our our podcast is called Forks and Fangs, and normally what we do is we have something to eat that goes with this book. Um, And I think we probably missed out on this moment. 
where we could have eaten Pizza Hut pizza. <laughs> or, or a burger. <laughs> <laughs> or a burger, that's right, because they had a burger when they when they first came. Yeah, when they went to the um the museum, yeah. like see the astronauts and her mom was crazy about rocks and like oh we're the cabbage that Mia starts eating day after day after day. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the cabbage. <laughs> But we, um, we're so happy that you could have joined us, that you joined us this evening um, and that you're getting ready to gear up and go back to school. And we hope you the best as you are now in, in, the, in the big world of junior sixth, high. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. So we hope that you do great things uh, in, in your new year at school. And we hope that you continue to read. Yes. Please continue to read. Oh, you know, we can always talk about it. I love to read. Um, I've been reading, I think, you were four. And I think I'm probably the same way. It was my mom's way of, like, expressing herself to me. So I've loved books ever since I think I can talk. So, you know, you can always talk to me about books. Call me and we'll we'll chat. Okay, thank you once again, Miss Olivia. Thanks, oh and we, we hope that you can come back and do this. We hope we can find another book that you can join us on this journey. I'm sure it won't be too hard. I'm sure it won't. Nope. You can read all the things. You can probably read the book that we're reading now. Yes. <laughs> you can probably finish this faster than us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and I also want um to thank your mom and your dad for letting us do this with you and for inspiring and cultivating a creature an offspring like you we need more olivia's in the world really because olivia's are pretty impatient Uh oh Uh -oh. (laughs) but olivia's very honest yes she is (laughs) we can't we can't all be perfect oh i'm also impatient at times you can ask your uncle basil (laughs) Oh. No, we are going to bid you adieu, my dear. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Instagram at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Our theme song was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dammit. That's spelled S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. See you next time. Deuces.